brothers and sisters in Christ, a reading from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now let us attend to God's wisdom for us today. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, much more surely than now that we have been justified by his blood. Will we be saved through him from the wrath of God? For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But moreover than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This ends this reading of this holy word. May it be good news to us. Well, today is the first series, first sermon in a series that you will go throughout the summer where we will focus on Paul's epistle to the Romans. It is, Romans is probably one of the most important books in the Bible. At least it had, basically just because it has had such an impact on the church. It was after reading Romans that a young monk named Martin Luther tacked on the 95 Theses at the Wittenberg door and started the Protestant Reformation. A few centuries later, a young Anglican priest by the name of John Wesley was sitting at Aldersgate Church and felt strangely warmed, and that became a new movement called Methodism. And the theologian Karl Barth wrote this book in Switzerland in 1919 and just in the aftermath of World War I. And he rewrote the, or revised the book in the interwar years and his next edition came out just as Hitler was coming to power. He insisted, and this is the interesting thing, 
that the transcend about the transcendence of God and that God stands over all powers and principalities. So Romans has had a very big history in the life of the church. Now what's interesting about this, most of the other letters, all of the epistles or letters that Paul writes to different churches throughout the Roman Empire are usually churches that he has visited. He, not, he did not visit the church in Rome because he hadn't been to Rome yet. He will go to Rome and unfortunately it will not be because he was going there to preach the good news. It was because he was going there for trial and for ultimately execution. But the Roman church is a fast, was a fascinating church because here was this church at the seat of the most powerful nation of that time period. And it was a small congregation that in many ways challenged the power of the emperor who was considered Lord. And in fact, that was printed on the, the currency of that day. So Romans is a fascinating book. Now, the interesting thing about Romans is that because it, we, I remember growing up and hearing about the Romans' road to salvation, and all of that is important. In fact, we will hear one of the Romans' road passages. But because of that, we, people tend to think that it, this Romans has nothing to do with us today. And that's where you're wrong, because it is talking about how to be a follower of Christ in the midst, in a way that is countercultural, and in many ways that is not too different from what we live with today. Now, with that little introduction, then let us move forward. Now, the American church, especially, is split down the middle when it comes to our faith. On the one side are those who place an emphasis on justice, and they are concerned, of course, with how one treats the poor, how do we care for the earth. They do not have much time for anything that talks about personal salvation. And then there are those who are on the other side. They do care about personal salvation. They care about redemption. They care about that, that intimate relationship that one has with, can have with God. And yes, helping the poor is important, but you have to focus on that whole salvation and redemption. That's what truly matters. Now the thing is, is that both sides are completely right and completely wrong. The thing is, is that both the talk about justice, caring and concern for others, and the belief in salvation, both have a place in Romans. As I said, Romans is a book that is written for the times that the people were living in. And it can be a book that reflects the times that we live now. Now, chapter five is in, of all of the passages, and, and we will be going through mo a lot of the chapters of Romans, is so countercultural to the wider Roman culture that 
it also it might as well be considered countercultural to our own time. Paul starts the chapter off by talking about hope. Now, when Paul talks about hope, hope has nothing to do with what we think hope is all about, which is wishing. You know, we hope it doesn't rain. We hope the twins win today. The hope that Paul is talking about, the hope that comes through Jesus Christ, is the one that has been born through pain. We can deal with the sufferings that come in our lives because, as Paul says, trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. We have hope through Christ's death and ultimately through Christ's resurrection. We can have hope because we trust in a God that is good. And Paul then moves on to the fact that Christ died for the weak and for the ungodly. And that is also a countercultural belief. Because if you live as you did in the center of the Roman Empire, the seat of the empire, you knew how Roman, how Roman culture worked. And that to live in that time meant to be strong, not to be weak. They had to have frequently seen Roman soldiers doing their marching up and down and knowing that that army was the most powerful army in the world. It had taken on great empires and destroyed them. Power was what mattered, not weakness. Weakness was something that was shameful. You shamed the weak and you certainly did not die for them. But Paul starts to talk about Christ's death. And in some ways, Christ's death is a symbol of weakness. And Jesus, he talks about Jesus dying on a cross. You know, of course we know Jesus died on the cross, but we don't always know what that symbolized, especially by Rome, because of course, the crucifixion was a way that Romans executed people. And crucifixion was supposed to be considered a humiliating way to die. And in fact, they sometimes would put crosses on major roads with people dying on their cross as a signal to others. These people are weak. These people are embarrassing. Don't be like them. Life in Rome was about power and was about position. And God comes in and subverts these human priorities, showing love towards the unlovely in this profound and shocking way. And then finally, God seeks reconciliation through God's enemies. And again, Rome was a powerful nation. It expanded because of through war. It expanded by taking over kingdoms that were not powerful enough to deal with Rome. And yet, we have God who comes through weakness, dying on a cross in order to reconcile God and humanity. 
God, in, in, in dying on the cross, shows that God makes God's self known in the struggles of humanity, in the struggles of the world. It is not in the sunny parts of life or in the power of the lives that show power. So what does it all have to do with modern life? Writing in Christianity Today, Esau Macaulay, who is an African-American Anglican priest, believes and, and believes in the concept and, and fights for racial justice because of the resurrection. The resurrection is not theoretical. It is not something that is, you know, metaphorical. It, ha it is real. It is an important event to happen because if Jesus just remains dead, Jesus was just a nice guy that ends up dead in, in a tomb somewhere, then there is no hope for racial justice. Watching the latest events surrounding the death of George Floyd, he lays out how the resurrection can defeat the powers that seek to destroy, such as racism. This is what he says. As I watch the news these days, I see genuine expressions of sympathy for the black situation in America. But I don't simply want people to feel sorry for us. I want freedom. And in my best moments, I remember where that hope for freedom resides. It resides in the God who conquered death. And, in, and although the full fruition of that freedom will not come on this side of heaven, never, nevertheless, I am not forbidden the beginnings of it here and now. By desiring freedom now, I am not turning America into the kingdom. I am demanding the right to live and love and work as a free black child of God. Macaulay believes in a resurrection hope, a resurrection hope that can destroy systems that dehumanize and deface God's creation. And that is the power that we tap into. That is why Romans matters. This is something that is not appreciated by the world. It doesn't know that Jesus, even in weakness, could destroy the powers and principalities through weakness, through loving enemies. And we have seen that happen, whether it's the fall of apartheid or the civil rights breaking Jim Crow, or even in the lives of friends and family who are living in a different path and somehow are changed. Romans is real. Romans is not just a nice book. It's not just something that has nothing to do with our lives. It shows that God can bring things that destroy us to their knees. So as we continue into this summer, I only have this to say. Fasten your seatbelts. Thanks be to God. Amen.